All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's just pray here this morning as we get into God's Word. Thank you, Father, so much just for um, saving us, as Nick was sharing, just uh, an incredible blessing that we uh, are able to be called the sons and daughters of God because of what Christ has done when we receive that gift uh, of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so we're so thankful for that. And Lord, we just uh, pray that you would even just renew within our hearts just um, the joy of our salvation. If we find ourselves in a place where we're we're just struggling even to re- to uh, to to be joyful, we're we're discouraged maybe for different things that are going on. But Father, we just pray that you would um, fill us up with your Spirit and help us to uh, be people who um, just have uh, hearts full of thanksgiving towards you knowing that uh, everything that we have comes from you. And so, Lord, we just want to, uh, uh, this day, Lord, we just want to say, Lord, we want you to have this time right now. We want you to be lifted up. We want we want to hear what your word says. And, Father, I just pray that you would use me, uh, help me to, to convey accurately your truth and fill me up with your spirit. We pray, Lord, those who are, in our church family, uh, who are struggling, battling diseases and sickness, Lord, we pray for your healing hand, God, to to be upon them, and and as they go through these things, and Lord, we just pray that your presence uh, would be made known to them in a special way, and uh, Lord, we just um, thank you for this time, and we commit it to you in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, this morning we are uh, hitting another pretty well-known passage of the Bible. You know, we've we've hit the the Good Samaritan last week, which a lot of people know that story, even if they don't know their Bible that well. And a lot of people also know this story, this encounter that Jesus has with Mary and Martha. And so, uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, stand up if you're able to, and for the reading of God's Word, I'll read. Uh, the passage here in Luke chapter 10. This is verses 38 to 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Please have a seat. Now. Just up front, I'm going to give you just the big idea here of the message today that we'll kind of weave through, and that is just that devotion to Jesus is the most important thing in a Christian's life. You know, devotion to Jesus is the most important thing in a Christian's life. Uh, that statement in itself should not be a surprise uh, if you've been a believer very long that, you know, Jesus Christ is central, right, to uh, to our faith 
And so uh, devotion to him uh, should be no surprise as being the primary thing that we need to make sure that we're about. And so, and as we as we look at this played out, this encounter with Mary, Martha, and Jesus, and, and you learn from Scripture too that, you know, Jesus was a good family friend for uh, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. Right? They were good good friends. And so you you uh we have we have Martha inviting them into their home. She's obviously, you know, on point there. She's very good about saying, "Well, we we welcome the Lord here." Right? So you know you're on the right track if you're just saying, "I welcome the Lord Jesus in my home." Right? And that's that's a good thing. And uh I think some people, this is my opinion, get off track when they just kind of focus in on, they kind of pit Mary against Martha, and certainly there is there is a point to be made here. Um, Martha has some issues, okay, but there's nothing wrong with her service that she's doing, okay? There's nothing wrong with this whatsoever. Um, but what we do see uh, in this uh, opening uh, portion here is just a devotion devotion to Jesus demonstrated here. We see in verses 38 and 39, right, where uh, her sister Mary, um, it says, and her sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. And it's, um, I think to us, at least to me, you know, when I read that, you know, usually I don't hear about people sitting at someone's feet, right? It's just kind of a different thing to us, right? But but um, if you, uh, Scripture in Acts chapter 22 tells us, uh, gives us a little clue about that this really was an act of discipleship, really. Acts chapter 22, verse 3, Paul says, Paul speaking of himself, he says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, and listen to what he says, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are this day. And so he uses that that wording, educated at the feet of Gamaliel. So Gamaliel, you know, presumably a teacher, right, a rabbi, someone that he attached himself to, and he he sitting at his feet. You know, he's meaning he's receiving his teaching, right, and so. So this is what is happening there is Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. It's a posture of learning. She's a disciple. She, she wants to learn from the Master. And, uh, and so we see this devotion that she has to wanting to learn from Jesus. And, uh, you know, if there's one thing that we can see is that we should be constantly ourselves, our hearts ought to be in a position of wanting to learn from Jesus, wanting to hear his words, right? It's, and that's what Mary is doing, is she is doing this. Now, you know, if culturally speaking, you know, you know, presumably they probably had, I mean, I'm reading a little bit into it, but just kind of knowing how the culture was, presumably they probably had some kind of a meal, right? And then when, you know, if Jesus starts teaching, well, if you're a woman, you're you're going away. You're going off to do something else. And and uh, but this is in a sense kind of radical here. Uh, you know, she doesn't leave, and Jesus doesn't send her away. And she's just sitting there, 
um, wanting to learn from him. And so uh, we, you know, this is something for us to to see that are we devoted to Jesus? Do we are are we committed to regularly, in a sense, even though we we don't see him physically, right? But we do have his word, right? Uh, we have the words of God, and and so we can regularly connect with the Lord, and in a sense, sit at his feet by. Uh, communing with him through the word and through prayer, certainly, right? Now, sometimes when we read this kind of thing, we some people think that, okay, well, then maybe we should, you know, if I really want to kind of devote my life to that kind of thing, then I'm really going to have to pull up stakes and go somewhere and and just separate myself from the world so I can focus in on, you know, studying uh, from, uh, you know, learning from the Lord and learning His Word and, 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 and so on, you know, almost kind of monastic type of lifestyle. And we do know as followers of Jesus, Jesus is not really uh, wanting us to pull up and, and detach totally from our world. Um, if you look in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, um, we learn here, says Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer t- good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we we see there is like, no, we're supposed to have contact with the world, right? So our devotion to Jesus uh, needs to take place within the context of still interacting with our world. And so, but, but nonetheless, we see this picture of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, emulating uh, her heart's desire, or seeing her heart's desire to just want to be a learner and want to be devoted to her Lord. And so, um, in speaking of listening to his word, I mentioned that, you know, now we can't, we're not audibly hearing Jesus' voice, but we have God's written word. Um, and, and you think about it, we, when we first come to faith in Jesus, it comes through the hearing of the Word. Some, in some form, we have to hear the gospel, right? And so, Matthew ten seventeen says, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. Uh, and, and so, it's very important that, you know, the, the Word plays a central role in people coming to faith because they actually have to hear the truth uh, about Jesus and hear the truth about needing a Savior, right? You have to hear that. Um, and so it's, it, that's important. But also for the believer, uh, we need to have ongoing exposure to the Word of God. And this is, this is critical. Um, and, and Jesus in other places emphasizes uh, the importance of hearing and, and, and acting on the Word of God. For example, in Luke chapter 11, verse 27 and 28. It says, And he said these things, 
And as he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. Verse 28, but he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. You know, so he's, he's just really elevating the importance of all of us as disciples of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, you put your faith in him, of having the word of God being this regular part of our lives where we are hearing it or reading it or however we can get it, right? And then, and then acting on it, right? Acting on it. And so um, now... Remember how we got to this place, what the passages that came before this in Luke chapter 10, right? You had the Jesus sending out the 72 and them doing incredible uh, works in the name of Jesus, right? Uh, preaching the good news and, and healing people in Jesus' name and, and just amazing things. And, and you may recall that they had that, you know, famous debrief there. And Jesus like, well, don't be so amazed that, you know, all this stuff, great, cool stuff was happening, but, be, you know, be amazed that your, your names are written in the book of life, that you have a relationship with the living God, right? And that's, that's what he was saying. And then, so you have that, all that ministry going on, and then you have the, the parable of the Good Samaritan that we just went over last week. And so um, lots of good works being done in these passages, right? You've got the, you know, be a good neighbor, right? Here's what it means to be a good neighbor. And we learned that last week, a good kingdom neighbor. And so lots of doing. And I think it's no accident that the Lord had Luke place this story here because he's reminding us that, you know, being, being is uh, actually, you know, means to make sure that it precedes the doing. We need to, we need to do out of being, if you will. Uh, we need to make sure that our it's our devotion for Christ that is the motive for our good works, and so we 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 see uh, just remembering you know where again where this fits in with Luke ten, and that it's not an accident that we have this this section here that is is really celebrating and prioritizing time with Jesus, and next week it's on prayer. So, you know, you just, you just get the idea that, you know, the Lord's just saying, listen, you know, don't just, uh, you know, do, 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 do without making sure that your heart is full and your soul is filled and fed, okay? And this is a good reminder also that um, we can fill all of our time with lots of good activities and even religious, spiritual things, but um, that doesn't necessarily mean if I'm if I'm busy doing religious things and spiritual activities does not necessarily mean that I'm really growing closer to Jesus. You know the 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 Church of Sardis in the Book of Revelation demonstrates this type of thing. In Jesus' letter to that church in Revelation, he said, these things, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Here's what he says about this church. I know your works, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. 
you know, when he says that you have a name that you're alive, it means like you have the reputation that you are alive, that you're a vibrant church, but you're really dead. I mean, that's a scary statement, isn't it? I just kind of picture up all this activity and things that, you know, are not bad in and of themselves, but good religious things happening, but hearts that are not really devoted to the Lord, but just kind of doing things. That's a good warning for any of us and for us as a church, right? Activities are good. They have a purpose, but we've got to make sure that you know, what's, what's our internal world? What's going on in there, right? Our inner world is very, very important. And, you know, let's be honest, there's so many distractions, right? So many distractions that, that uh, if we let them, we, we, we don't take time to reflect on our inner world and what's going on in our hearts, like, and to sit at the Lord's feet, in a sense, and take in His Word without being hurried, and allow His Word to read us and to speak to our hearts. That's a battle, don't you think? I feel it is. You know, it's, it's, it's having that time, taking that time to be with the Lord. And again, we're, we're not saying, I don't think the Lord is saying here that, you know, doing things is bad, you know, for She's serving the Lord, Martha was. It's a good thing, right? And so I just want to mention a, a few things here that just to, just to kind of file away for you, and you may want to write these down if you take notes, but just, you know, the, the incredible blessing it is when we regularly um, engage the Word of God, the, the benefits, if you will. Okay, one is that it it makes us wise to salvation. Uh, I, I talked about this before. It's like you know, if you don't know what God's word says about salvation and how you can come to faith and, and have a relationship with God, you, you know that comes from the word. So Second Timothy three fifteen, right? That's Paul writing Timothy. There says that hey, I know your story of faith. I know you know because of your mother and your grandmother and the the installation of the Word of God that they had input into your life, it made you wise into salvation. And so the other thing is that it helps you grow spiritually. First Peter 2, 2 and 3 talks about it being like, you know, the we need to long for uh, the milk of the Word of God. It's, 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 that's the, that First Peter 2, 2 and 3, but it, it helps us grow really helps us grow, and it is our spiritual food, Matthew 4, 4, right? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every mouth that proceeds from the the mouth of God, right? So the Word of God is our food, spiritual food for our soul. And again, if you've been a believer uh, for any length of time and been in a Bible-teaching church, you've probably heard the emphasis on the need to be in the Word, right? And so, in, 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 but it also, in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, equips us for every good work. The Word of God equips us for the work that we're going to be doing, right? All 
all Scripture, right? It says, uh, is 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 uh, you know is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training. Uh, and then it goes on to say that the man of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. And so, this is key that God's word equips us for every good work. So if we know that we're saved for good works and we want to be equipped to carry those out in good fashion and in the way God wants, we've got to be knowing and have have a knowledge of God's word that informs those works, right? God's word in the last three here are from Psalm 119. Psalm 119, which kind of focuses in on... um, uh, the Word of God and the law of God and so on, is that God's Word can keep us from sin. Psalm 119, verse 9. Right, is where The more we're in the Word, it helps us to keep from stumbling. Right? And, and the more we're not in the Word, we're prone to wander. It's just, it's just true. It's just true. And so, now... The other thing too is, and think about this: all the all the decisions you and I make every day, some of them just you know simple ones, but some of them, um, we're like you know we need wisdom, we need serious wisdom and understanding to navigate this situation. And uh, in using biblical principles, they can help guide us in making wise decisions that honor God. And many times it's not just one particular right way, right? But, uh, but maybe there are some principles from God's Word that you would learn that, that help you eliminate some other choices down to ones that would be better, right? And so uh, Psalm 119 verse 99 talks about God's Word giving us wisdom and understanding. And then the last one, God's Word guides us, Psalm 119, 105. Right? God's word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Right? So there's this, you know, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, really. And and I, I'm guessing that probably most of us in this room and probably most people hearing this don't have to be convinced that it's a good thing to be in the word of God. Um, but but if you did, now you've got some good reasons, but but just to remind us of the blessing that comes from it, right? And so this devotion to Jesus, remember, what, what was Mary doing? She was sitting at his feet and listening to him. That's what we're talking about, about you know, engaging the Lord through the Scripture is how we do that, and through prayer. Now, so we see that opening kind of vignette Right where Mary's at the feet of Jesus, Martha has invited Jesus in, and then we have a little discussion here, or actually, not a discussion yet, just an unveiling of uh, some things gone wrong in Martha's heart. Okay, and um, now I'll be honest. There have been times when, um, you know, we, we, there are things that we all have to do but we're really not thrilled about doing them. I'm sure it doesn't happen to you. But it, it happens to me, right? So maybe maybe, maybe your task is to, to clean up the house or red up the stuff that's right around it. 
And so, so rather than just lightly setting the books down when your spouse is over there, it's kind of like, you know, because you would like them to be helping you. A little bit of an attitude starts out, right? And, and, and so when we see what's happening here in, in verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, meaning Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Can you imagine telling Jesus, to te- telling him what to tell her. It's just, that's off the charts, you know, it's just, so, but you can see, I've, I've, I've been there, like, in terms of my heart, it's, because, it's, again, it's not about what she's doing. She's doing a good thing, right? They're hosting Jesus and presumably probably his entourage there, and, you know, this was something that they're being hospitable. This is wonderful. This is good. Um, and so it's just a matter of there, it seems like there's something going on in her inner world. And, and, and so as a result, um, she is, uh, her attitude uh, is, is gone off, kind of gone off the rails. It says that she was distracted. Right? She's distracted with much serving. And really, I think this distracted is really just about you know, her mental focus and her spiritual disposition at that time. She's, rather than kind of like enjoying the serve, if you will, what's going on, then she started focusing in on the lack of help and, and saw what Mary was doing and probably thought, well, maybe I'd like to be doing that. You know, and so I think we we can identify with this. And, but I think this kind of, and once at least one thing we can get out of this is that God cares cares why we do things and how we do it. Because what she was doing is a great thing, and and you get the sense that she was definitely doing it. You know, she she wanted it to be done well. And, but but. Something was going on in her inner world that was coming out. Obviously, it came out. Came out under words, right? Came out under words, and and so motives and attitudes are important in our ministry. When we minister to people, when we're serving others in the name of Jesus, it does matter to God. Um. And and Martha was distracted in the midst of doing this ministry, if you will, and she was doing something good. But you you can tell though that, um, and we probably, at least I can speak from experience that if my relationship with God is not going well, if I've been not spending some decent time with the Master in the Word, um, my relationships. And how they're going also show it, right? I mean, and I think we're seeing this maybe. Again, speculating a little bit here, but but her her attitude, she had an attitude about Martha. Excuse me, about Mary. Martha had an attitude about Mary. And so, 
our, our, often our attitude towards others reflect our devotion to Jesus and how that's going. And so maybe a question to be thinking about uh, yourself is if your relationships, some of your close relationships are off and are strained, is it possible, not that it's the only cause, but is it possible because you're just not walking closely with the Lord? You're not spending time with Him, so you're not getting fed and, and you're not being filled, and therefore then when you're interacting, it's not good. So we see in here some motives gone awry. And, you know, sometimes when we are doing stuff for the Lord, um, whatever it might be, and then we see what others are doing, and we kind of wish that our doing was what they were doing or how the outcome they're seeing was the outcome we would see. We start kind of like comparing. Now, it's interesting that in John chapter 21, along those lines, um, we have these words. This is after Peter was restored, you know, after him denying the Lord. Uh, in John 21, verses 20 and 22, it says, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, and the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? Because remember, they had that discussion, right? Um, who's going to betray the Lord? And Jesus said to him, so now we kind of get the, the response that Jesus said when he was asked. But, so he said, um, Lord, so when Peter saw him and Jesus said, Lord, and he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Like, you know, what about this guy? Pointing to someone. Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And the thing that strikes me there is just that when there's an interest in what's going on in some other individual's life, that Jesus just says, you know, what is that to you? You follow me. You do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you, you worry about you. How many parents ever said that? <laughs> you worry about you, you know? Don't worry about your brother and sister, right? And I think sometimes the Lord, in, 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 his, in His loving way, is saying, don't you worry about what's going on with Mary down there. What's going on with you, Martha? You follow me here in what you are doing and with the right heart. You know, what, what should be our motivation in serving here? And I want to take a look at a couple of verses with you because, you know, as we're, we're focused in on Martha here at the moment, um, let's take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2.
First Thessalonians chapter two, and then um, we'll start in verse three, and then uh, stop with four. So three and four. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, right, so this is Paul writing, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. So our motivation in our serving shouldn't be, you know, well, so-and-so should be joining me in doing this. No, it should just be, am I doing this to please the Lord? You know, is he the audience that I'm actually engaging in the particular ministry or service for? Am I doing it for him? Is it to please him? That's the right motivation. You know, rarely can any of us just turn our attitude on a dime. Uh, at least I'm not very successful at just, you know, changing my attitude like that. But when we sense that it's not right, we definitely need to spend time with Jesus. We need to spend time with him and talk it out and say, Lord, I, I know my heart's not right. Maybe we're not even dialed into the reason. And you could even ask the Lord, you know, Lord, could you show me my heart why this is? And help me to have the right attitude here towards so-and-so or towards the situation. First Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 5, says this. First Corinthians 4, verse 5. Therefore... Do not pronounce judgment before the time. Before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose, disclose the purposes of their heart. And we're talking about motives and so on. Then, it says, each one will receive his commendation from God. So as we think about serving and wanting to do things out of the right motives and out of a right heart, right? We, we just have to realize that Jesus knows. He knows what you're doing um, for others, you know, in his name when nobody else does, and that's okay. Right? If the Lord directed you to do such and such ministry, ministering to someone in his name, doesn't matter if anybody saw it, right? On that day, you'll receive your commendation from the Lord. That's our motive, and that's the point. That's our motive. Now, the last couple of verses here in this passage, really just Jesus is just affirming the priority that Mary has put on her devotion. He's just kind of affirming what's going on, right? Because the opening scene is, you know, uh, Martha welcoming in Jesus and Mary sitting at the feet. So we see devotion demonstrated. But then we have um, Martha verbalizing uh, her issue that she's having. And now we have Jesus, right, responding to this after he's just been told what he should tell Mary. And so 
Uh, and just to re- just to remind you here what those uh, what that says. Let me find the verses here. Yeah, so it says, um, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. And, uh, you know, usually when you repeat something like that, I don't know what his, I don't know what Jesus's tone was. I don't really know. I mean, I'd like to kind of think that he's, it was kind of a caring, I see you're struggling, you know, uh, but we, we, we got, we got to, we got to deal with what's going on in here, you know? So he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. A couple things here. One is Mary chose. She chose to be at the feet of Jesus. And that's that really is um, a good word for us, I think, because... Guys, there will always be things to fill our fill our days, okay? And I'm telling you right now, my kids are out of the house. I am busier than ever, okay? So it's a different kind of busy. I'll grant you that. But so so all I'm saying is, all of us in this room, whatever your stage of life, whether you're married or single or whatever, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, we all battle this. And we all have a choice to make. Right? And, and Mary made a choice. Her choice was to, to be devoted to the Lord and to sit at His feet and to learn from Him. And, and that's what we need to make sure that we are about. Jesus is prioritizing this. Do you get that? He, he, he's saying this is a priority. It should be ours as followers of Jesus. And so, when you make this choice, it's pretty much a daily one. <laughs> pretty much a daily one to sit at the feet of Jesus and spend time in His Word, right? When you make that decision, you're choosing typically not to do something else. You're not going to turn on the news, or you're not going to watch something, or you're not going to scroll on your phone, or you're not, there's something you, you know, because time is, you know, I know we're, we're, we're not dumb here. Time is fixed. We're not going to get it back, right? <laughs> and so, so we, we realize that, okay, this is a choice that we make. And so, um, I think today, maybe we'll just remind it, be reminded, if, among other things, that this is a, a decision, sitting at Jesus' feet, spending time in His Word, listening to Him, learning from Him, from the Word of God. Right? Uh, you know, This is not a guilt trip message. This is just an exhortation. It's Jesus is elevating it, okay? And, you know, you miss a day or two with the Lord. It's not like, you know, I don't think we should just wallow in that. We just say, okay. You know, I, there was a couple times this week I was not in the Word of God, okay? I'm the pastor, Okay? I don't think Jesus loves me any less. It is my habit to be in the Word of God on a regular basis, pretty much daily, but stuff happens, okay? The thing is, is um, have you developed this 
habit of choosing time with daily time with the Lord, such that when the couple of days have gone by and that hasn't happened, is it is this habit such like it's like gravity that pulls you in, and they're like, okay, yeah, it's time to be back with the Lord. You know, that's what it needs to be. I think is that, that it needs to be. This is a a choice we make. Okay, and may the Lord grant you wisdom on how to how that works out for you. How your time with the Lord looks, I think that it needs to involve the Word of God. I think it needs to involve prayer, you know, um, and, uh, and, and, and it's praying over the Word of God and, and trying to come away with something if you can. Sometimes, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I read a passage or whatever, and, and I am like, you know, I know that passage, God. I'm, I think I pretty much got everything out of it I need, you know. If, you know, this is, I'm just telling you, this is my inner world. You know, it's kind of a scary place up here, okay? But, but you know, and so I just got like, hey, Lord, I, um, I'll remember, I kind of remind myself of what the big idea is in that little paragraph or whatever, and then I'll say, Lord, I don't know how that's supposed to work out in me today. Show me. Because it's, oftentimes I'm there, and I'm like, sometimes it's like, you know, it's like the Lord himself has sat beside me and said, this is for you, Greg. Go and do it, you know, <laughs> it's, or, or believe it, right? And there are those times, for sure. But, but just uh, encourage you to make the daily choice to spend time in the Word of God. And, and you know, I think that, you know, uh, for married couples, you can help encourage each other in this. Right? And, and particularly, I know, when you have children in the house, it's very challenging. You know, you can't, you, you know, can't even go to the bathroom alone, right? I mean, I remember Linda telling me, I, could, I, couldn't, even, I couldn't have any time with God today because I couldn't even close the door in the toilet room, you know? And that's reality. That, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, that is totally it. So, so kind of acknowledging that, you know, so there were times where I knew where I had to, and I'm sure I was never perfect at this, but at least there were times when I did do it. Say, Linda, hey, why don't you go? Uh, I've got the kids. Why don't you go spend, you know, some time out at the park or or at the coffee shop or whatever, whatever she would like to do. You know, that would fill her up. You know, and that's I think that's our as couples we need to do that with each other. We need to, you know, when we see that. Um, that that choice is hard for our spouse to make, to sit at the feet of Jesus, because their circumstances are very challenging. We need to try to help one another so it can happen, right? Um, and so, um, you know, I, I think that what we, what we should do is just, um, is just pray that the Lord would help us make the choice and that um, it, we would see it as a delight. See that time with the Lord as a delight. Right? And so, and maybe that's a good thing uh, that we should just pray about right now. We should just pray the Lord would help us in these things. And uh, let's, let's just close with that. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you. And, and just, um, Lord, thank you for... Uh, the example here, I just feel like we, at least I can certainly relate to, to Mary and to Martha. Um, 
And so, Lord, we, we just help, help us, God, to, that when we're, when we're doing things in your name, God, help us to do it for the right reasons and with the right attitude. If we're struggling with that, God, help us. Help us, Lord. Give us your grace and your mercy. Help us to see the heart things that need to be worked through. Um, maybe there's some confession that needs to be made to you, Lord, or in repentance. Um, but we know in Christ there's always forgiveness. And Lord, help us to not worry about what's going on in other people's lives and what they're doing, and but to really, whatever we are doing, to, to have as our motive and our attitude is to please you, to do it in a way that pleases you. And Father, also just um, with all of the distractions that are all around us and that we even allow in our lives, God, we just pray that you'd um, grant us the strength and the power to say no to some things so that we can say yes, um, to choose to say yes to sitting at your feet and to get in your word, to to read some kind of, have some kind of purposeful plan of reading in the scriptures. It doesn't even have, doesn't have to be the read through the Bible in a year, just do something that's intentional, something that's methodical, but where we can meet with you. And uh, we can even just sit there and have have some quiet moments and, and link up with you in prayer and tell you what's going on in our hearts and, and inviting you, Lord, to, to speak into ours, our hearts. And Father, we just want to close with this, the heart of David where he says in Psalm 27, verse 4, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And Lord, may your hearts be like David, who just wanted to be in your presence. And we know that as New Testament believers, if we put our faith in you, your spirit is in us. And we can meet with you anywhere, anytime. And Lord, we just pray you just create in with us a hunger that would help us to just choose you every day. To sit at your feet and to learn from you and to talk with you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.